Hello and welcome to the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. Please remember that we have other resources and information, including our Spanish ministry at our website at thelatterrain.org. If you wish to hear other English audio messages, they're available for free either at our website or as podcasts or iTunes. Just look for us in the Apple iTunes store under podcast as Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. God is a being with incredible and deep feelings. The Bible teaches us that He is love. But unfortunately, many people make the decision that disregard His love and prefer to follow and do things that only bring them pain and suffering, desiring more the temporary pleasures that sin offers and understanding God's love and His intentions for eternal good for every human being. The problem is that many people think that sin does not bring about any evil consequences, but that is far from the truth. Sin has dire consequences. And our opinion or even good intentions cannot change those consequences. Everything in this life bears consequences and no matter how much it pains God for bad things to happen, He cannot force people to change nor can He take away the natural consequences that come from rebellion and continually disregarding His truth. Please stay with us for a few minutes as we look together into God's Word. Let us take a moment to go to the Lord in prayer. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, hallowed and glorified be your name. Blessing and honor and glory be to you, O Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Heavenly Father, that you please forgive my sins and my wrongs. I pray, Heavenly Father, for your mercy and your grace as always, O Lord. I pray, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, that you may please guide us to your word, to your Holy Spirit, and help us to understand, Lord God, to be sensitive to what you want us to understand. Help us to listen, O Lord, with our hearts and with our minds. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We're going to be reading today from Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 19 to 31. And this is the word of the Lord. O my soul, my soul, I am pained in my very heart. My heart makes a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace. Because you have heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Destruction upon destruction is cried, for the whole land is plundered. Suddenly my tents are plundered and my curtains in a moment. How long will I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? For my people are foolish, they have not known me. They are silly children, and they have no understanding. They are wise to do evil, but to do good they have no knowledge. I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void, and the heavens they had no light. I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled and all the hills moved back and forth. I beheld, and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heavens had fled. I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. For thus says the Lord, The whole land shall be desolate, yet I will not make a full end. For this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken, I have purposed, and will not relent nor will I turn back from it. The whole city shall flee from the noise of the horsemen and bowmen. They shall go into thickets and climb up on the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken, and not a man shall dwell in it. And when you are plundered, what will you do? Though you clothe yourself with crimson, though you adorn yourself with ornaments of gold, though you enlarge your eyes with paint, in vain you will make yourself fair. Your lovers will despise you, they will seek your life. For I have heard a voice as of a woman in labor, the anguish as of her who brings forth her first child, the voice of the daughter of Zion bewailing herself. She spreads her hands, saying, 
Woe is me now, for my soul is weary because of murderers. I have to say that this is one of the sadder passages of the Bible where we see God's heart, but we see it in pain. God does have incredible and deep feelings, but unfortunately the feelings we read of here are that of sorrow. Why? Because it pains him to see when his people, those that are called by his name, turn away from him. If there's one thing that causes anyone pain is betrayal, and it is no different with the Lord. Let's put ourselves in God's position for an instant so we can understand better why he feels the way he does in this passage and quite possibly the way he feels now. Let's assume you adopted a son or a daughter and of course, because it broke your heart to see them completely alone and abandoned in the world without anyone to care for them, starving, naked, in the middle of a desolate place, alienated and vulnerable. And you take this little person into your home because you want to make up to them all of the pain and suffering they've gone through. And you raise this child up with love, care, and dedication. This child becomes the most important thing to you in the world on whom you pour out all your feelings and good intentions. This child then grows up and all of a sudden they start seeing that other people, ill-intentioned people, those people that will cause them pain and suffering because of their evil ways are more interesting than you. And then at a certain point, this child you brought up in love and tenderness turns against you and treats you like an enemy. And they decide to leave your side and to go after anything and everything that could cause them harm and put them in danger. And then they wind up in the same exact place you took him or her from. But they want nothing to do with you. Their heart is turned to stone against you and they reject everything you stand for, all of the good things you did for them. How would you feel? What would you do? Would it be painful and a dreadful experience? I'm sure it would be. That is what people do to the Lord when they have been exposed to God's truth and love and they turn away from Him to seek after things that only cause pain and destruction. When they go after the enemy who only wants their eternal punishment, the very things God attempted to rescue them from. We read in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 to 4, more about how people have gone away from the Lord, where it says, Hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth. For the Lord has spoken, I have nourished and brought up children, and they have rebelled against me. The ox knows its owner, and the donkey its master's crib. But Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a brood of evildoers, children who are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backward. The problem is that nothing good can come out of a situation that involves being unfaithful to the Lord by betraying His love and care for us. That's what we do when we have heard His truth, when we have attempted to share His love with us and instead of embracing it and returning it, we do the opposite and turn away from Him. And here is the greatest misconception many people have, that they think that God's love should be displayed when he is hated by his own people. How does that make sense? How can you ever force someone to be with you when they want nothing to do with you, when they turn against you, when they only have evil thoughts? It's just not logical to think that I am going to make this person that wants nothing to do with me to be with me forever, right? And so the only thing God has left to do or rather, the only natural consequence that is left to occur is for a person to experience what a life is without God. God doesn't go away from people. People go away from God. 
When people sin and rebel against the Lord is how they go away from Him. And if a person makes such decisions, when they decide to drift away from life and love itself, then something else fills the void. Every void in this world will be filled by one thing or another. This is another universal truth. If God does not fill the void of a person's life, then sin will fill that void. And when sin fills that void, you can only expect what sin does sooner or later, and that is death and destruction, chaos, heartache and pain. And if you dwindle long enough in sin and your time is up here on earth, you will experience eternal separation from love and life itself. You will experience the most horrible thing any person or being could ever experience, an eternity without God. And there is no turning back from that. Once that happens, there is no do-over. There is no give me another chance. Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 tells us more about what happens when we don't cling on to God's truth, when we do not embrace those things that produce life, where it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. This is something we need to understand. God created everything. And when he created everything, he made them with certain parameters. He gave everything a certain order. That's how everything works, whether we understand it or not. And more importantly, whether we want to accept it or not, it's just a reality. When we reject God's knowledge, when we willingly forget his law, then that same order and structure he has made is being defied. You can't find life when you are looking for death. You can't find blessing when you're intrigued with curse. Think about it this way. Let's say you are thirsty and you have a glass of pure water and a bottle of poison in front of you. What do you think will happen if you drink the bottle of poison because you are thirsty? Do you think that the reason for why you drank out of the bottle of poison will change the properties of the poison you drank into something that doesn't harm you? Does the reason why you did it change the substance you took in? Of course not doesn't matter why you did it. If you drink poison, you unfortunately will experience the natural consequences that come with that. This is exactly what happens when you reject God's knowledge, God's law. And the outcome is represented as God's punishment because God, again, designed and built everything. When you don't follow what is good, then you're going against God. It's as simple as that. And it doesn't matter whether you believe in him or you don't, whether you accept his truth as universal truth or you don't. If you drink the poison, then the effects of poison are what you will experience. And that's all there is to it, unfortunately. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 explains this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. You, fortunately or unfortunately, will get what you sow. It's a universal truth. That's the way the system that was created works. And there's no defying that system. And how can you even bend or change a system you don't even understand how it works or have absolutely no power over? Hosea chapter 4 verse 17, 18 explains even more what happened before and unfortunately what is happening now with those that call themselves God's people where it says Ephraim is joined to idols. Let him alone. Their drink is rebellion. They commit harlotry continually. Her rulers dearly love dishonor. We have said this many times. 
And we will need to say it over and over again because we as God's people need to understand this. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death. No matter how much people will tell you that you have nothing to worry about and it's okay to just sin and turn away from God, that nothing will happen and that if you are supposedly a son or daughter of God, that your evil actions will not change anything. Reality and consequences do not change. Just because a lie is repeated over and over doesn't make it true. It's as simple as that. So no matter what people tell you, and to tell you that you don't have to worry about anything after coming to Christ or anything like that, it's a lie. And just because they repeat it over and over does not make it a truth. Jeremiah chapter 6 verse 13 to 15 speaks about when the spiritual leadership becomes polluted where it says, Because from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from the prophet, even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have also healed the hurt of my people slightly saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No. They were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the time I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. No matter how much a preacher or a minister or anyone tells you that it is okay and not to worry about sinning and that God's grace covers all, so go ahead, do as you will, and they say, peace, peace to you, that does not change the natural consequences that come with sinning against a holy God. How can grace accomplish what it's supposed to if a person discards it and treats it as if it's worth nothing? Hebrews chapter 10 verse 26 to 31 tells us very clearly what happens when we sin willfully against the Lord and when we don't treasure his love, his ways, when we do whatever we want to do, when we don't cling to his will, to his desire, to his lordship, where it says, for if we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fire indignation which will devour the adversaries. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much more punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he has sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. After reading this passage, can there be any doubt that God does and will judge his people, especially when seeing that people do not value his son's sacrifice, when it is treated as something that doesn't really matter? Think about it. God is a loving God and a merciful God, but his love and mercy does have limits and they can never be abused or taken for granted. God is not a toy. What Jesus did on the cross is not a joke. Rejecting God, not valuing God's sacrifice and not heeding the promptings of the Holy Spirit bears within themselves negative consequences. And here is something that we all need to consider that there is a liability for knowing the truth and rejecting it. If a person does not acknowledge God, 
by not acknowledging irrefutable evidences of his existence and power, and they do it over and over again, they are bringing upon themselves a world of hurt and putting themselves in a position where they may not be able to find his grace. A person can only reject God so much before they put themselves in a position where they are not able to understand God's salvation and grace anymore. There is a natural consequence that happens when a person rejects God so many times, over and over again, when his truth is rebelled against. Romans chapter 1 verse 18 to 32 gives us clear insight on this issue, where it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, in the lusts of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves a penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Basically, if a person decides to reject God over and over, then God allows for that person to get what they want, to attain what they so desire, a life without God in it. And the way that God does it is by darkening their understanding, handing them over to the very things they want to do and have. The bottom line is that God allows for them to have what they want. They don't want the Lord in their lives? Then God says, so be it. I, God, have tried to show you my truth through my works and you want to ignore that and follow your own ideas, then that's fine. Follow your own ideas. This is what happens also when people become set in their own sinful ways. That is why it is so important to be objective with yourself and to continue seeing what is wrong and letting the Lord work in your life. Every single one of us has many things God needs to work on, even after we have come to faith in Christ. But if you assume that everything is okay, how can anything change? How can those things that continue being wrong before the Lord get corrected if you make like everything is right? We should always ask ourselves, 
What could I be doing wrong now? Second Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5 tells us this. Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you are disqualified. Nothing in our lives happens without a purpose, a reason. Like, for instance, we have this pandemic that is happening right now where hundreds of thousands of people have died over the course of a few months. Is this an accident? Could there be some evil intentions behind all of this? All things are possible, but no matter how it started and who may or may not be behind it, God is the one that ultimately allowed for it to happen. And he has his reasons. In one way or another, it's his way of trying to help people understand the reality that anything can happen and that we are not in control and that no matter what our situation may be, that we need to look for him. We need to change. And that if there are people out there that have not yet made decisions for the Lord to stop rejecting the truth of God and to finally make a decision to follow him. Everything bad that happens is a product of sin in one way or another. And that destructive force should remind us that we are not invincible, that our lives will come to an end in one way or another, that we don't know how and when that will happen, and that following the Lord closely and living out His ways in our lives is the assurance we have that when our time comes, that we will be ready. But acting like everything is fine and giving in to the illusion that there is nothing that needs to change in us is not wise at all. We have so many things that point to an inevitable end that we cannot take the salvation of our souls for granted. There isn't just coronavirus that we're dealing with. There are all kinds of diseases, illnesses, disasters, natural occurrences, accidents, conflicts and wars, and even personal dispositions that can bring about our own personal end at any moment. Suicide is certainly not an accident where a person willfully takes their own life because they feel that this life is nothing else for them. And they think that killing themselves is the only way out to something better. Stress and mental pressures are at an all-time high. Approximately 50,000 people in the United States alone commit suicide on a yearly basis. A very large group of people that have come to that conclusion because of stress, anxiety, thinking that there is no other answer out there for them because they simply could not find a way within themselves to accept God and His love for them. We cannot continue business as usual because it is certainly not a time to continue business as usual. Drastic times calls for drastic measures and the most drastic thing people should do is repent and turn to the Lord with all their hearts no matter how senseless it may seem to them and no matter how it may go against their evil desires. There is no better answer out there and if we have understood and accepted God's salvation and forgiveness, then we need to help others to do the same by advising them to seek after the Lord. We all need to repent and convert and to live a lifestyle that reflects that, not just as a momentary change, but as a process that is always happening as we get ready for the inevitable, that we will all stand before the Lord someday and every single person will give an account and there will be no excuses. Acts chapter 3 verse 19 tells us this, Repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. 
Isaiah chapter 55 tells us this, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call him while he is near. We need to seek after the Lord and do those things that truly matter to him. Mark chapter 12 gives us clear insight on what God is really after where it says, Then one of the scribes came and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So the scribe said to him, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth. For there is one God, and there is no other but He. And to love Him with all the heart, with all the understanding, with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is more than all the whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now when Jesus saw that He answered wisely, He said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. But after that, no one dared question Him. And so the word gives us clear indications of what needs to happen. If a person does not put God in first place and secondly, help their fellow man however they can, then they are doomed. They will not find God's grace any other way. Just think, how can God do anything in your life if he is not the priority? If you are not even paying attention to him or quite frankly, you don't even care about him. Can anything good happen in your life if you constantly reject his principles? If you refuse to turn away from sin, from the very thing that is causing your destruction? God does not and will not force anyone to follow him. This is all choice. All the evidence is there for a person to either choose for him or not. But I need to tell you that nothing good will come out of rebelling against him or choosing to follow his ways like a menu that I can go for this, but I don't want to do that. It's not about picking and choosing what you want. And finally, this is what the Bible has to say on the matter of what it takes to find God's grace. John chapter 14 tells us this, He who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. We can only find God's favor in our lives if we effectively choose to love the Lord with all of our hearts, by having repentant hearts, by being ready and willing to turn away from the very things that can cause chaos in our lives, both here and now, and our eternal destruction later on, and turning to the very person of God that can give us life and give it to us more abundantly. Sin will always have consequences. And that is why God hates sin. We can try to justify sin, make like it's not a big deal, and think that by picking and choosing what we want to do right and wrong, that everything will be fine. But that is not the case. We will not be perfect while here on earth, but the Bible explains to us for our own good that we need to live transformed lives through Jesus Christ. 
Sin cannot become a practice in our lives because as stated before, no matter what our intentions are, if we drink the poison, we will have negative consequences sooner or later. We cannot let ourselves be guided by the world's standards, by what society says what is right and wrong. Neither the world nor society have any say in eternity, nor any power to control the problems sin can bring. If we want true life, then we need to follow life itself. Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want life, then simply follow him. If you want blessing, then follow and do what God tells you to do. Don't play around with sin. You will only get burned both now and later on. Avoid negative consequences by effectively allowing the Lord to be the Lord of your life. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, Lord, I praise you and I worship you, Lord God. Heavenly Father, all you want is what's good for us. And Lord God, the only good that exists is loving you and loving those things that you teach us. Heavenly Father, help us to understand that there is no other way that our opinions and our thoughts and that's not what's going to get us there. We need to learn how to love you, to give you that first priority that you need to be. Not because of you necessarily, but you are our ultimate good for us. And that's what we really need to understand. That if we want anything good for our lives, we need to submit our lives to you. If we want salvation, then we need to follow your ways. If we want life, then we need to follow life itself. If we want blessing, then we got to stop chasing after the curse. And we got to stop doing those things that only bring about curse and destruction. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand, Lord God, that that our ways, our, our, our evil desires, the sin that is within us, is not going to cause anything good in our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to have a clear understanding that when we don't give you the position that you deserve, that we are only harming ourselves. And you don't want that for us. You want good for us. You sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross so that we could have eternal life. That's how much you love us. And if we don't understand that, and if we don't treasure that very act, then there's nothing else left to do. Heavenly Father, help us to understand. Help us, O oh Lord, that your will needs to be done in our lives because your will is truth and life and all things good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please feel free to join us next time as we continue looking into God's Word together. If you would like to write to us, you can do so through our website. Our web address again is theladderrain.org. The Ladder Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.